0: This program is brought to you by Babaway Media, overseen by the elders of the Chipman Road Church of Christ in Lee Summit, Missouri. She said she had Thanksgiving dinner today with a family she knew in college. She said they had their kids there. I asked her how it was. Did she enjoy your dinner? She said no. It wasn't good. She didn't like having to go there for dinner. She wanted to go home. The conversation turned to other things. The catalog she was looking through most likely for the 20th or more time. But she likes reading them, and for her, each time is the first, so she doesn't mind that it's the 20th. I just repeat it to her over and over. I love you, my sweet mama. I just want you to call and make sure you know that. She says back each time. I love you too, sweetheart. I miss you. But I'm not sure she knows it's me. Then she tells me about her Thanksgiving dinner again, and we go back through it again. It isn't Thanksgiving. She didn't have dinner at someone's house she knew in college. In fact, she didn't have lunch at all. That's what's real. The Thanksgiving dinner wasn't. For some of you listening, you know the routine, the diagnosis, dementia, Alzheimer's, whatever you want to call it. It's a loss of reality. Forgetting the memories, the faces. Facing the reality of what's happening to my mother has been another struggle. You see, my father died 17 years ago, so it's just his three children now, each having played a different role in our parents' lives and each with a different perspective on what's happening to her mother. One child denies the disease, insists it is just her deep sleep, she's just sleeping too hard, so if she can just wake up, she'll be fine. Or there's a lack of sleep, so she'll just sleep more. It would She would be okay. She would be more clear-headed. So that child shows her pictures from her past, and although when he asks her if she knows the people in the picture, she says, yeah, that's her standard answer for just about everything, yeah. He believes her, but it isn't real. She doesn't know them. There were signs three years ago when she was showed pictures of her family, good times, faces filled with laughter, the pictures of stories told over and over again at Christmases, Thanksgiving, any time the family was together. But the look in her eyes when she saw them for the first time after being taken out of storage showed the reality of what was to come, was coming soon. The fear was there in her eyes. I saw it. She didn't know those people. They weren't real. A second child accepts, believes, but just wants to be left out. I, I don't know if the reality is too much, too many years of dealing with other issues that were going on and just wants it to be over. But either way, the reality is too much, too complicated, it takes too much time, too much time away from other things that are more pleasant, so it's easier to turn away. The reality is too exhausting, and this one knows others will face it. The other will deal with it, the reality and make it right. The third child, that child, knows that sleep won't make the stories about the mother working as a roughneck in the oil field go away or help the mother to remember that the sister she believes she goes to visit is deceased, is real. The third one knows that the mother will no longer know her children. It's unimaginable for us mothers, but it's real, it will happen, and it's coming. So I've been thinking a lot about the reality. My own motives praying for wisdom, discernment, the ability to see what is real and understand what is not. So I've turned to the wisdom the Holy Spirit provides us in the Word and looked to the realities of Lot and Abraham for just a little bit of a step back into thinking about what we deal with in our spiritual lives and how this all seems to kind of work together. You see, both Abraham and Lot were wealthy. They both seemed to have potential, and then they had to face reality. Lot denied the reality in which he was living many times. He knew the dangers of pitching his tent to Sodom and Gomorrah, and he denied that reality. Maybe he was arrogant enough to think that he was stronger, that he could do what others could not. And so he buried his head in the sand. And when Abraham saved him once in Genesis chapter 14, he returned to that city, to that life, denied the realities that were all around him, denying it would affect his children, his grandchildren. Denying what he saw each and every day in those streets that he knew that his children and his wife were interacting with every day. He knew what was true. He expressed to the angels that when he begged them to come into his house and stay, he knew when he offered his daughters to those people in the streets in Genesis chapter 19. He knew and he still allowed his family to live there in that reality. And later, I would argue, as the head of the house, he brought on the reality of the doom of his family, his wife's love of the city that she could not let go of, his daughter's incestuous relationship with him that brought about his grandchildren, that horrific reality he had to live with the rest of his life because he couldn't face what was real when he had the chance to change it. And then there's Abraham. Who told his, he was told to sacrifice his son in Genesis chapter 22. Faced with that reality, he took the wood, he took the knife, he took his child, and he walked up that mountain, and he offered that child up fully and completely in his heart, verse 2. In reality, he tied his son, he put him on the altar, and he raised the knife to slay his son, verse 10, because he knew what was important and what was real, because he faced and trusted the real God. And what real God could do. He knew denying what God would ask him to do was not an option for him. Because in the end, the only thing that is real is what God asks us to do. I hope you'll take a few moments to read chapter 22 of Genesis. If you do, you'll notice that Abraham did not ask why. He didn't wonder if the voice he heard was from God was real. He didn't even argue about it. He knew it was real. This situation with my mother, the reality is this is my life. I am that third child, the one that lives in reality, the one that makes sure that the realities of life are addressed by my parents. The bills were paid, the doctor visits were taken care of, for my father that the chemo and radiation treatments were attended and that the funeral arrangements were made. That's my role. I know my brothers love our parents. I know that is real, but I also know that love is not denial not wishing it wasn't so, not hoping it will go away. I know that love is real. How do I know that? I know that because my father, my real father, the Lord is real. And he showed me that he didn't deny the ugliness of the cross for his son. He didn't wish it away. He didn't pretend that it didn't need to be done. He saw the real need and he didn't deny his son to save my soul and yours. I admit that I wish I could close my eyes and the situation with my mother would be different. I would love that. I have a struggle ahead of me. I have a battle ahead of me. But I can only tell you that denying it doesn't make it go away. I push it off. And at some point, the thing about reality is it has to be faced by me, by you, by our children, by our grandchildren. lot couldn't make it go away. Abraham couldn't either, but Abraham faced it, accepted it, embraced it, and embraced the God of his faith and all that that God is and asks of him. And because of that, his reality, Abraham's reality now is comfort and peace. And that is reality worth denying this self for, isn't it? We thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bobway Media by visiting us at babwaymedia.org. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find all of our podcasts on all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.